Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good morning. All right. Good evening. Back in Florida. <laughs> oh, I do not Happy like to be it. home. I do not like the Australian time zone. It is not simple. Yeah. It's really it's it's very difficult actually that the Australian time zone for for America as well it's tough. It's a big difference, but um yes, happy to be home. About to hit a full moon, which is going to be a very interesting one. Or if you guys are listening to it right now on the day of release, happy full moon in Gemini to you all. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, we had a new moon in Scorpio which was how was it for you I mean I'm feeling pretty good at the moment because we've just come into Sagittarius season so it's my season and I love it but Scorpio full moon uh, Scorpio new moon I guess um I guess the things that I've been looking at you know are sort of um more detail orientated and deeper things like new things emerging I guess um you know, looking at taxes and things like that, all of those sorts of things, new rulings and taxing for next year and stuff like that. So that's mm -hmm. really what the last two weeks has been about for me. I've been all getting very organized in, in that respect. That's awesome. I feel like you've been flowing through this year. Like every time we talk about a moon, you're like, yeah, I'm really good. And I'm like, imagine like... Yeah. And it's like pulling her hair out. No, not every time, but it's it's different. Um, because this new moon, I mean, Scorpio is a really intense sign. And yeah. obviously that was the time that I chose back to to go back to, you know, my my roots. And um, it was really intense. And it's funny because I was actually reading this um astrological journal that I have. And it said the three key words for this new moon in Scorpio was intense, competitive, and snarky. And I'm like, wow, those were really great words to describe my time. So, <laughs> wow. I'm just going to take yeah. it as a lot of lessons, more lessons adding to the folder. Yeah. I know it is with with family. When you go back to your home country and you spend time with your family, like it's, the most amazing time but it's also like 
the areas of the deepest wounds, if that makes sense. I don't know if that relates to you as well, but it's like they're, they're the people that you love the most, but they there's also like that undercurrent of like deeper wounds that have been, you know, there since childhood and things like that. So it is um, it is interesting to live outside of your own country because when you go home, it's like both a mix of, of, of those things, I think, as well. Um, I don't know if that's your experience, but that's definitely mine. But it's interesting that you say that you feel like I've been flowing through this year because I really do too. Um, like I sent this um, thing on Instagram. I saw this thing on Instagram. I sent it to a couple of people this morning and it says the universe said, this year I made you strong. Next year I'm going to make you happy. And I was like, when I after I sent it, I was like, hang on a second. I actually feel like I've been really happy in 2023. I've had a pretty happy 2023. Like every year, of course, is going to have its ups and downs. But um, I feel like I'm, so. Bring on 2024 if that's the year of like ultimate happiness. I can't wait. I love that for you. And hey, 2024 is, you know, we're, at least we're expecting for now a bit of a bull, uh, bullish market. So I think that it is going to be a very happy year. And oh, yeah. um, I, I don't, I get, it was really like, you know, really, like you said, just in general, going back to my home where I had a lot of obviously life happen in my early mm. especially during my developmental stages um yeah. and if anything a lot of those words even the three words that I, I said really actually kind of related to myself and the way that I um I really had to face old Corinne and new Corinne yeah um, but in an old environment so that was also really interesting and you know thanks to our beautiful eclipse season it was definitely a time where I I caught myself acting like a new version of me in old scenarios and I'm like mm. wow like the way that I used to be I would have acted so differently so like look at me in the growth so even though it most definitely was intense it was also like look at how far you've come Corinne because ever mm. since we're talking about this the last episode you know when you really choose to face the shadow the dark parts of yourself and you really start yeah. like going through that healing and changing and improving and just becoming that higher version of yourself um in one way it was really nice to be like wow here is the confirmation of all of that work that I've been doing uh it's paying off like I really have changed because sometimes it's easy to change when you change a whole new environment, you change new people. But what happens when you go back to the roots? Um, yeah. And I really believe that, you know, uh, our, our soul chooses our family, especially chooses our parents before we come into this lifetime because, uh, you know, they have lessons that we need to teach them and lessons that they need to teach us. Um, and so, like you said, you know, your family definitely, I don't know whether we were talking about it before or, or already during the podcast, but your family most definitely is, um, just some of your biggest mirrors, some of yeah. your biggest, which is, it's a blessing because why not be able to do that? And this is obviously for me personally, I know everybody has a different family story, but for me, I'm so grateful that I get to do it with a, 
a family that we really do have so much love for each other. So it's so yeah. I'm so grateful that I get to face that with people that that I love. And also, I think um, I was going to say that when you go when you go back home, it allows you that space to see how you've grown. Um, but it's also like you get to see witness other people's growth as well. So there's people that you've known for all your life, obviously your family, but even close friends and things like that, you can witness their growth. And they've also went through eclipse season. And, um, you know, so it's interesting to see, um, to witness that in other people too. And, um, and it's exciting. And yeah, it's, it's so good to be able to, yeah, you're right. Not everyone has that story. And it's like, it's so good when you have family members that want to support your growth and they're growing too and, um, and friends as well. And so that's so awesome that you can do that in that way. Yeah. Yeah. No, very grateful. And, um, you know, I think Bitcoin also, I, I, I'm like, I'm like shocked. I really, I'm like, Bitcoin is just holding up. And I, I'm like, it has so really resilient. Anything. It's very resilient. So maybe this is like, you know, even Bitcoin through all its past tests at the end of this um, eclipse season of the Taurus and Scorpio axes. And as it starts a new cycle of, of eclipses, um, it's just, it's grown. And it's like, like, yeah, really resilient. I'm really proud of it. And yeah. um, it's just really been testing at the moment. So it's really been testing this uh, 38K zone. Um, so on the 24th of November here, which we just had the daily close in the moment of us recording this. And, uh, you know, on this daily, we saw Bitcoin spike up and above 38,000. But I was really waiting for that daily close. And we did close below the 38K. We have opened a new daily with what's looking quite positive so far, um, but not quite yet back up to that 38K. So let's see whether this was just a, another retesting or testing of that zone and just really trying to see whether it's going to break out and beyond. Um, I don't see it. And I know we've been saying this for quite some time. You know, we really expected Bitcoin regardless to go up to this 38 to 40k zone and this is where I know I believe a lot of people are going to be selling I think we're going to see a lot of sell pressure in this zone um and then let's see what's to come after that and how much bitcoin I do think that we're overdue for some sort of drop and on the other hand I'm kind of like you know when we look at the markets I think it's always important to evaluate both sides. What is the scenario if price continues to the upside? What is the scenario if price comes back to the downside, right? And having a plan for both. But then, of course, we can make our predictions and place our bets, let's say, with risk management and all of that. But um, I, I was really expecting from an astrological perspective I had really been, and I've been saying it on here, I really was expecting a pullback and a significant pullback, whether it was at that Taurus eclipse um, around this, you know, past new moon in Scorpio through to, you know, and we should have in the coming days, the full moon energies playing through. 
Um, but I really expected to see more of a significant pullback and we just have not had that yet. Yeah, it feels like that we've had, we go up and we test these resistance levels and then we sort of pull back a little bit and just consolidate and sort of regroup in that area, um, which is, you know, which is actually really positive because, you know, it's a, Bitcoin doesn't go up in a straight line, you know, and we actually don't want it to either. We want these periods of pullback and consolidation, filling in imbalances in the market as we go. And um, because that's just much healthier price action for Bitcoin and much healthier growth. And um, I think we are due for a pullback as well. But I think that we will probably see that more likely around um, the new moon in Sagittarius. Um, I think that we could possibly go up and test again that 38, 40 resistance level. And it would be really nice to break and close above that um, because then our next target will be the around the 44 to 48 level. So, um, you know, it's just gradually making its way up. And it's really has, this path is really aligned with the astrology that we've been speaking about all the way through this year. 2023 was the year of accumulation for us and that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, it's really been in that accumulation phase and now we're starting to, to move out of that into um, more of a distribution phase and, and a move up. So it's great that we're doing that in like a really sort of calm and healthy manner. Um, but I do at some point early next year expect to see these sort of crazy God candles, as they call them in Bitcoin, <laughs> that just goes and Bitcoin doesn't respect any of the levels. It just goes for it and it really doesn't come back. So as we've been saying this whole year, this is a time of accumulation, a time of preparation, a time of education so that you are positioning yourself for when those moments come and you're not scrambling and FOMOing in um, when those big surges surges come. Yep, 100%. This has been the year. And, you know, we're really closing in on what is going to be the final decision date. Um, you know, we still got a couple months to go, but the final mm -hmm. decision date for uh, ARK Investments and their spot Bitcoin ETF that's coming up um, the 10th of January in 2024. And so... Um, I'm really interested to see what this next window is going to be like um, in general, overall, between now and, you know, early January. We'll be talking mm. about future podcasts as we get closer to those dates. There is some pretty favorable and positive-looking astrology that I am looking at. Um, yeah. A few red flags here and there, but, um, yeah, we'll discuss that a little bit closer. And... Uh, now we have the full moon in in Gemini. So I, you know, and I'm sure Claire, you're probably going to want to go in some more detail in regards to the the full moon in Gemini itself. What mm. I have been very closely looking at, which is coming up in this full moon as well, is Mars. So mm. Mars is just transiting along, moving along right now in the cosmos, pretty much with the sun. And so by having the sun conjunct right there next to Mars or very close to Mars, it is 
um, it is bringing about this very, I want to call it an interesting and confusing energy, as well as a lot of anger. And I don't know, I want to hear what your thoughts are on this next full moon, but I, I have been looking at the astrology and it looks like there is just a lot of I'm like calling this the angry moon. I feel like there is a lot of tension that is being created around this full moon. I think in general, the full moon is, um, you know, it really heightens our sensitivity to certain types of emotions. And um, this, this, um, yeah, this full moon, once again, we have Mars right there. Um, we actually had the Mars Kazemi uh, right after the last new moon. And that was quite an intense energy with, with Mars. And that was the day that we saw actually Bitcoin uh, have quite a significant push up just in the daily candle on the 15th of November. And, you know, that's, that's what Mars and these sorts of Kazemis in general like to do, make very intense moves. But yeah. um this full moon in Gemini not only then has, again, it's going to be in opposition to Mars, but also it's got a hard angle, so um, a challenging aspect to the planet of Neptune. And Neptune is kind of like, I always call it the illusionary, like dreamland and mm. it also creates a lot of, it has a lot of to do with like psychology. And so when I put these energies together, I do really think about a little bit of like a, uh, a, a mindset with a sprinkle of spirituality, attack and anger and intensity and war. And these are themes that we've been talking about a lot uh, in general with this what I believe is just a spiritual warfare happening around the world. And I, I feel like this full moon is just enhancing it even more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It is an interesting one. And um, even before we get into the, um, the full moon, I guess the, the previous period that we were in as well was, um, was the big news was Binance. You know, and we've talked about this a lot. Claire, uh, Claire, Corinne did a really in-depth um, deep dive into Binance's astrology, and um, so we we did know something was coming with Binance. But interestingly enough, how the market has held up in that um, it has has also been quite interesting. And I think that that sort of plays into this what I'm going to talk about with this full moon. So, what did yeah. you think about that, Corinne? Were you yeah. I mean, we weren't surprised that something was coming out. We knew that something was coming out. We've been talking about it for quite some time. Um, but I thought it was just interesting the way the market reacted. And I think it's actually sort of cleared this sort of ever-looming potential black swan issue that's been hanging over crypto about, like, what are they going to find when they look under the hood of Binance? You yeah. know, um, are they going to open that up and see that the same things that FTX was doing, Binance were doing, and they didn't. There was it was different. They have been charged. They are paying a fine. 
um, and um, moving forward. Now, we're not entirely out of the woods because I believe the SEC also has an investigation and possibly opening opening a case against them too. Um, but what what do you feel about that? Yeah, no, 100%. And I, I really think that this this really goes hand in hand with this Mars energy yeah. that is just really being brought forward right now. There is so much intensity. And this was a very intense event. I mean, I was just even reflecting on the fact of look at how quickly these series of events happened. Not long ago, we just spoke about um, Cynthia, uh, I, her name always. Loomis. Cynthia Loomis. I knew you'd remember. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we just had her bring up the, this um, criminal charges uh, and bring it to the attention of the DOJ. And then the DOJ all of a sudden going ahead with all of this and putting Binance on trial and, uh, you know, Long story short, what we've seen happen right now is the Binance and officially now the former CEO of Binance, uh, known as CZ, Chengpen Zhao. Um, so they pled guilty to lots of different things, such as them having engaged in money laundering or anti-money laundering, unlicensed money transmitting, sanctions, violations in the largest corporate resolution, uh, various criminal charges. We just had Binance as well um, admit to allowing money to flow to terrorists, cyber criminals, child abusers, all through the Binance platform. And um, not being in compliance with a lot of U.S. law and regulation and now having pled guilty, Binance has been charged officially with $4 billion and, uh, and this has been classed as one of the biggest and largest corporate penalties in the U.S. history, which is huge. Um, but this also led to have uh, the CEO CZ step down and he's actually going to be in trial next week. So I even look at that series of events and I'm like, hold up, when this all happened to FTX and SBF, that happened from 2021 and we just wrapped that up in 2023. How is this happening so quickly and CZ. And, you know, of course we can blame Mars because of this intensive energy. But on the other hand, I'm like, well, doesn't it just kind of align that maybe they want this to just be wrapped up and handed over as in Binance being handed over um, so that they can go ahead with ETFs and the next bull run. And even before that, of course, set in stone a lot of regulation that they want to bring in. So I think it's all happening very quickly for a reason. Right now it really is um, under a lot of attention. When I look at the astrology of the Binance, we have had some really, really interesting things. And, you know, now that these series of events are unfolding, it just seems so clear to me. So 
the one big thing that I've been looking at is the planet Uranus. I love looking at Uranus for financial astrology because it will tell us yeah. clearly what's going on. And Uranus has just been transiting through the eighth house of Binance. And eighth house is all about transformation. And when we did look at the astrology of this saying, hey, on the eclipse of the 28th of October, something is going to get triggered for Binance. Binance is in trouble um, because of that eclipse and what was happening astrologically with the eclipse. But we didn't see a death of Binance. We didn't see fully some of the, call it the, the death, the transits that we saw happening with FTX, even though that's also debatable because now uh, FTX might be coming back, which just mm -hmm. blows my mind. But anyway, that will be for another podcast episode. Um, and so with Uranus going through the eighth house, it's all about this transformation, um, but most definitely not the death of it. It also has Jupiter there in the eighth house. So, and it's really been hitting a lot um, it's been very opposite, uh, or let me rephrase that. In this last uh, couple of days in particular, Uranus is constantly in opposition to the sun and to Mars. And mm. all three of those planets continue to hit Binance's natal Venus, which is the planet in financial astrology of, of money. So it's like this sign of you need a pay up you're gonna have some money problems and I mean four billion dollars is is not little money um but it's not the death of it and it one mm. astrology is that this needed to happen to Binance for it to go to the next level and to expand it's like to fulfill its true and not even purpose, but what it is set out here to do, um, it needed to go through this transformation. And by the time that Uranus completely shifts out of the eighth house and into the ninth house, which is going to be all about foreign affairs, um, I think that that's really when we'll see Binance expand. And, you know, we're going to see that in, in 2024. Um, but I just... I, I feel like already by looking at the astrology, I felt like it was fishy. And then yeah. I don't remember if that was what you sent me or I had previously found it, but we saw something pretty fishy around who now has been appointed the brand new CEO of Binance. Hmm. So the new CEO of Binance is Richard Tang. Um, you know, which has uh, formerly worked in financial services regulatory authority at Abu Dhabi, the Singapore Exchange, uh, 13 years at the Monetary Authority of Singapore. So obviously somebody that is, um, I'm sure, very well fit for the job. However, we found that he is affiliated with the World Economic Forum which gives me red flags and I don't love that personally um, because I have personally gone through the website. I have personally watched some of their talks. 
Um, and I don't love a lot of their outlooks or even values that they have around how they see the world. I don't see, I also don't see a lot of empathy or compassion, not sympathy or pity. I'm talking about like empathy and compassion. And I, I don't love it. Yeah, absolutely not. The, the direction that they're wanting to move the world is, is probably not aligned with our, um, our own values. And, um, yeah. yeah, so it does feel like, you know, they've moved CZ out of the way and they've appointed someone. Thank you for building the biggest crypto exchange. We'll take it from here. Literally. Um, poor guy. Yeah. What's going to happen next week in trial? I don't know because. Is it um, a criminal trial? Is it a criminal trial or is it a civil suit? I think it is a criminal trial. I think it's like criminal trial. Like he's mm. up to, he's facing up to 18 months behind bars. Okay. You yeah. don't hang out with SPF in that one. I know, right? I imagine that'll be an awkward, awkward um, meeting. But um, no, I'm That's kidding. Good. I'm sure they could come up with the next best crypto exchange in the world oh, in their God. 18 months together. No, and I, I, I do think you know with CZ, um, you know, as I've said before, I think it's really is a red flag to me as well when someone is painted and created to be the baddie. And, um, you know, SPF obviously was painted to be the goodie and it's like, you know, the good guy. And I think that, you know, human beings are not all of, of either, like we're always uh, some kind of blend of both. And, um, yeah, it is always a question mark for me when someone is so made out to be like the evil villain in the story. And it's like, is that really true or are they just not doing the things that um, the authorities are wanting them to do because he, you know, has said like he founded Binance out of, you know, the, 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 he wanted for people to be able to exchange crypto. That was the goal, obviously. And um, he enabled a lot of people who would not have been able to participate in crypto to be able to purchase crypto. And so for that, the, the community owes him a debt. But obviously, there were other aspects of things going on, especially to do with um, American citizens being allowed to use the exchange. And, um, you know, America doesn't love that. They want they want to be able to see and control and tax everything that their citizens do. And um, I think he also was caught not disclosing, um, you know, not disclosing that as well. So I think that's why he's in a lot of trouble. But um yeah. I don't think he's the evil villain that they made him out to be for sure. Um, but I I think he was just, you know, up against something really big. Like if you're wanting, you know, he obviously believed Americans should be able to freely trade their money and their crypto in whatever way they want to. And, um, you know, that's not allowed. And so you're, if you're trying to do that, you're coming up against something really big. And there also are some valid reasons like, you know, money laundering and, trafficking and things like that that um you know that's why they want to control those sorts of things a bit more as well but um you know yeah. I, I think I, it's more about controlling the population than it is about controlling money laundering that's mm -hmm. just my personal opinion but um 
Yeah. Well, they did. They, you know, I listened to a part of the um the hearing or whatever the right word mm. for it. I'm gonna have to like study up on my law and understand all this terminology as all these court cases are <laughs> happening. I'm like, what do I even call all these things? But um, you know, I I heard or was listening to a part of it, and and they did say, you know, some of the the charges against them or the the beliefs were that they Binance put ahead their earnings over the safety of the American people and the funds of the American people so um you know that was a statement that was made and and I love what you just said where you're like but is that actually what happened or is it that you just didn't want to allow the American people to trade and to have access to it? And why I say that is because I actually shared this on X the other day. Um, I saw this post that was going viral where um, you guys can check it out. Uh, the Twitter or the, the X account is called Barney the Boy. And he posted, the bank is making me watch 20 minutes of why crypto is a scam content before letting me move any of my money. <laughs> no way that this is real life. And what's so crazy is that we're seeing more and more of that happen. You know, I I was actually, well, Claire is reading, you know, tax things. I'm here reading the, the <laughs> banks and their rules behind it. And I was amazed even again, I talk about Australia because I was just recently there and I cannot find one Australian bank that allows you to deposit money into crypto. And I'm like, but if it's my money, I should be allowed to do what I want with it. And like just the, the control that's coming, like I'm happier that this guy got to watch this 20 minute video of why crypto was a scam and then got to do whatever he wanted anyway, versus a straight up, no, you're not allowed um, and it was so interesting because, uh, I, I, I'm kind of taking a little detour here, but I think this is like important and relevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe not relevant, but just interesting. Like, so, um, ANZ bank, which is mm. the Australian New Zealand bank. When you actually go through their terms and conditions, they are officially, um, you, when you like sign up with them, you're actually abiding by the terms and like rules of the Republic of China authorities. I was like, what? So what? yeah, I'm going to have to send you like the, the pamphlet screenshot and it just blew my mind. I was like, so ANZ is China. Like what? But Anyway, so to bring it all back, there is always something deeper to the surface of everything that we see. Mm. Um, so this whole case, CZ stepping down a new CEO that's in the WEF, um, not to mention that now the SEC has also charged Kraken Another very big exchange um, for operating as an unregistered securities exchange broker, dealer, and clearance agency or clearing agency. It's like just one after the other. Um, mm. Control is very wanted. 
Yeah, absolutely. A lot of things are tightening up. And, you know, as a participant in crypto, we have to stay ahead of those things because we don't want to be breaking the law. We want to make sure that we're doing the right thing, um, you know, and those rules are, are ever changing. So I would say to people who are engaging in crypto to have a good accountant. I have an amazing accountant that notifies me anytime there is a change in any kind of laws that may affect me or may impact me. And then we can look at how to organize things. And so I definitely recommend um, doing that as well, um, especially if you live in a country like Australia or America. But anywhere, really, um, you need to be ahead of what the legislation actually is. Like, what I'm saying is get the legislation from an actual expert, not just from YouTube or a podcast even. So um, if this sparks anything, it's more like go and get in touch with an expert and find out what the actual rulings are and how they will impact you. Um, like Corinne is doing, she's looking at the pamphlet of her actual bank and um, getting it from sources like that so you can make sure that you are protected and covered. Um, but I think that actually leads quite interestingly into this Gemini new, uh, full moon, which is in Bitcoin's 11th house. So the house of central banks, people of authority and board of directors. Mm. Um, so all full moons really are kind of this time of like opposition of resistance that ultimately result in breakthrough on the other side. Like it does always feel like that. And it's really sort of showing you where the blocks are that you, you need to release and remove around this full moon. So they're generally quite an intense energy. Um, and they are really the time to dig in, to clear out old situations, old circumstances, feelings, past regrets, anything like that, and clear out that energy. Um, a great time to be rewriting those stories and just making way for new stories, making way to create new stories once you've cleared those blocks of the past. So every full moon has that energy, but it has a slightly different flavor depending on this, the, the sign um, that it's in. And so they are a time of like amplified emotions. And I think that those emotions are really pointing you to where you need to look. So as Karim was talking about Mars, Mars is very aggressive. Mars is, you know, angry, it's aggressive. And um, so if you are feeling aggressive and angry during this time, that is your signpost to where you need to look to do, to do whatever work and release um, that you need to do around, around that emotion. So let, let your emotions lead you lead you to where you need to go um and it provides like an awareness to align with the higher vibrations of this sign so this gemini sign and also just recognize where the lower vibrations of this sign these aspects the qualities of this sign are playing out in your life so that you can you can realign to the high and release the low um so as I said, the, the full moon's energy is really like enhanced by its zodiac sign. So this time it's Gemini and the house placement shows the area of focus. So for Bitcoin, we're looking at central banks, people of authority and the board of directors. Now, Bitcoin doesn't obviously is decentralized and doesn't actually have a board of directors. 
but I think we're kind of looking at the nodes and the programmers of Bitcoin and also the holders of Bitcoin. Um, so it's Gemini is ruled by Mercury and is an air sign. So it's really like fast paced energy. It's very frenetic. It affects the nervous system, your mind, and also frequency and vibration. So really be paying attention to that this full moon. And um, it can cause racing thoughts, um, fidgeting, heightened anxiety. Um, but it really, this more than any full moon really offers that opportunity for new perspectives and rewriting, rewriting old stories that you've been, you've been continuing to play out. So, um, Gemini's energy governs communication and it's highly activated in the full moon. So just be a bit aware of oversharing or words that could be misinterpreted and also words and communication that you're misinterpreting. So um, I've said this before, I think on this podcast, but really the full moon for me, I think because I'm just so dialed into its energy, I sort of like to keep to myself um, during the full moon and just have that time of clear energy so I can sort of dial into my own energy and my own emotions and see the areas that I'm needing to release. Whereas when you're around a lot of other people or putting yourselves in situations that could be triggering, you're also in amongst other people's projections. So sometimes people that don't understand the energy of the full moon you know, everyone is experiencing it, but they don't really know what to do with that discomfort or agitation or anger, aggression. And so they project it onto other people because they just don't know what to do with it. Um, they don't have the tools to to look, you know, intentionally at themselves. Um, so they tend to project that on other people. So just be aware of that during this time as well, that, um, and especially with regards to communication. So stay out of arguments with your spouse or, you know, those sorts of things, because they generally just don't go that well um, during the Gemini full moon. Um, Can yeah. I say why I'm laughing is because yeah. I'm already like, babe, the full moon is coming up on the 27th of November. So if we start to feel anger, let's just step away let's just step away from one another and we'll reassess later <laughs> yeah absolutely you can do there's a really good um kundalini meditation or kriya that you can do if you're really feeling angry and you just don't know what to do with it and um it's called fists of anger so you can google that and you can do that it's a really good way because a lot of times people feel the discomfort of anger of feeling anger and instead of like letting it pass through you because you're kind of scared of putting that on someone else or saying something you don't mean, you, you don't want to do that for sure. But like you need to process the anger out of you because um, you need to you need to let it go through you rather than suppress it just because you feel uncomfortable feeling it. So that's Love a that. little sidebar in that one. Yes, important um, <laughs> tip, everyone. <laughs> But um, Gemini really is, you know, it really teaches us this full moon is is really a beautiful opportunity 
before we come into this new year, um, like Gemini really teaches us that we live by the stories that we tell ourselves. So these narratives are really important. They really direct our lives. And um, narratives sort of help us process the world and um, understand the world. And they like these stories that we create around ourselves, around things, around people, they're important. They're neither, narratives are neither good or bad. They can be either. But if they're limiting you, you need to um, sort of be able to step outside of that narrative and see that there are other possibilities. And that's really what this this full moon is all about, is releasing those old narratives, rewriting those old narratives and expanding your consciousness. And you know, the word narrative is often, you know, thrown around with regards to Bitcoin. And I, I think it's really interesting. I think I've told this sort of story on the podcast before of when someone first told me about Bitcoin. I thought they were nuts. Like, what are these people talking about, um, you know, mining money on the Internet? It just didn't. It sounded ridiculous to me. But when I read the book, the, um, the Bitcoin Standard, you know, which was the narrative that it suddenly made sense to me, you know, I understood Bitcoin in a different way. Now, from that point, those two between those two points, Bitcoin didn't change, I changed my mind changed my perception and understanding of Bitcoin changed. So when we, we need to con constantly be creating these narratives around Bitcoin. And so that we're able to develop and process and have a deeper understanding and a deeper perception of Bitcoin and what it is. Bitcoin doesn't change. Bitcoin is what Bitcoin is. Bitcoin does what Bitcoin does. But it's up to us to be able to change the narrative about what it is. Some people have a narrative that, oh, it's evil and it's used for money laundering and sex trafficking and, you know, all of these different things. They have one narrative, but there are many other narratives and many other use cases. And I think that they're really important in the Bitcoin space for the evolution and adoption of Bitcoin to be pulling these these new narratives and, um, you know, ways for us to understand Bitcoin in a different way. So that's really interesting. I think we can release, that's what we can do this Gemini new moon. Anyone that's holding that narrative of like, Bitcoin's evil and it's only used for money laundering and for drug traffickers and sex traffickers and whatever. Let's release that narrative because um, cash has been used for way more of those evil things than Bitcoin ever has been or ever will be. So we can we can release that a little bit as well. Um, so true. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, during this full moon, Gemini full moon, it's, you know, Gemini is a really magical sign. Like it's obviously I'm Sagittarius. It's my opposing sign. Um, but I, I'm always surrounded by Geminis um, in my life and they truly are magical, sometimes misunderstood um, because especially from a sign like Sagittarius, it's very straightforward, very, um, it can be very black and white. Um, Gemini is not like that. They can be like Sagittarius will, say we'll do what they say and say what they do you know then we're not like that um whereas gemini can be say one thing do another and that can be sort of that can definitely play out in a negative context 
but it also is really important in this Aquarian age. Aquarian Aquarius can also be a little like this, but in a different expression. Um, in this way of being able to hold several truths at once. Two things can be true at one time. Um, so during this full moon, also be really open to pieces of information, inspiration, and just moments of brilliance. I mean, if you've spent time with any Geminis, they sometimes just have these, like they they just bring this moment of brilliance, this brilliant idea and it's like literally downloaded from the heavens. So you can lean into that in this season as well. So be open to that. Be open to receiving those divine downloads. Um, because, yeah, Gemini can really receive those flashes of insight, you know, instantly. Um, and so, yeah, I touched on the releasing doubts and limiting beliefs and old narratives so that really is a strong theme through this gemini full moon and um yeah i think it is aligning to that i think we're we're coming to the end of this this year so it is really about releasing reflecting on this year releasing things that don't serve us and we don't want to bring into 2024 and I think we're seeing that in the markets as well. You know, as I said, we spoke about 2024, sorry, 2023 being the year of accumulation for Bitcoin. And, um, you know, I mean, for us accumulating Bitcoin, um, but it's also really been shedding things that, um, you know, are no longer serving us. And I think that that whole Binance thing is also a part of that is it's just like that has been hanging over crypto for such a long time. And now we can finally sort of move forward with some clarity on that. We'll see what the SEC does. Um, but I think it's what's also become clear out of this trial is that a $4 billion fine doesn't even make a dent in Binance. And they are, you know, even if there has been some wrongdoing in the past in regards to regulations and things like that, they seem to be financially sound and they haven't been gambling with clients' money and those sorts of things. So I think those questions have now been answered. And um, so those those fears can, can be released. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I just felt like mm. you were saying all of that. It's like, wow, yeah, we just have this huge weight off our shoulders that has been released, that we've just been waiting and waiting. And it's been a massive buildup, you know, on, on one of my sessions with some of my students, I was telling them that I remember this starting to be like Binance started being a red flag. And I remember exactly, it was right around my birthday, 2021. We were in this beautiful villa in Croatia. And I remember starting to just understand some of the things that were happening behind the scenes with Binance and starting to understand like the SEC and, you know, the whole securities thing. And there was just a lot of things starting to come up. And I'm like, this has been weighing on us literally since 2021. And well, it has been for me, maybe for some people that noticed things before it or predicted it even before that, it's been quite some time. And it's like this, oh, okay, like, Black Swan and not going to come from Binance anymore. And so it does feel like another um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Another loose end just has been mm. tied up. And that really has been just this reoccurring theme in this uh, eclipse season. And this is the last full moon that is happening with the energy of the eclipse season because the eclipse season officially ends as of the 9th of December. Um, remember, ladies and gentlemen, that with every eclipse, we have the energy last six weeks before and six weeks after it. So I think that that's really, I'm really looking forward to just coming out of that and more and more things closing up mm. now on top of it that, really does feel it has yeah. really felt like that closing of a cycle it's really interesting that yeah. energy really has felt like that turning yeah. of a page and we're moving into a new cycle so that's exciting and of course we're going to be wrapping up that cycle with the start of pre-shadow mercury retrograde <laughs> oh boy it's like one thing after another this year right um so as of the 25th of november we are officially in pre-shadow mercury retrograde so as you are all listening to this um we are in the pre-shadow and uh, the pre-shadow is with mercury in sagittarius mm. um and we have the official Mercury retrograde as of the 13th of December, all the way through to the 1st of January. So why it's important for us to look at Mercury in general, but especially Mercury retrograde and even the pre-shadow retrograde is because it we have seen in the past that it affects Bitcoin so much. Um, this is another time what I see, and I always like to summarize it this way, pre-shadow retrograde is where we see the volatility and hmm. during Mercury retrograde, it's a little of that expect the unexpected, um, energy, but it's as if like what you really didn't expect to happen happens, um, and maybe even in terms of direction. So it's sometimes the surprises but also sometimes the malfunctions because Mercury, um, you know, Claire was just talking about Gemini. The ruler of Gemini is Mercury, the planet Mercury. And it is, uh, I see it as like this communication and intellect uh, planet. And so when we think about communication, we think about, well, what what is Bitcoin? It's literally a network right or crypto in general it is based on a network between communication um of a miner to the other or a node to the other or even a person to the other so i we've seen it affect bitcoin over and over again and we're coming into that so more interesting times to come but I think specifically for this full moon in regards to, to Bitcoin and its price, I I really feel like it's the planet Saturn right now that's hovering over or that's conjunct the, the natal Venus of Bitcoin that is really keeping this resistance. Um, and I'm interested to see because just a few days prior to the full moon, so as we're recording this, um, we still have 
the sun and Mars conjunct, and they're also square natal Venus. And remember, Venus, the planet of, of money. And we also have then right after, oh no, on the same day, so on the 27th of November, the same day as the full moon, we have Mercury, which is in retrograde, square the natal Neptune of Bitcoin. And then we also have Venus, just in general, around the world, uh, conjunct the South Node. And that's not super favorable in general to the economy. So I think that we might see, if we do need to see any drop, I think, or I feel that this is kind of like, I want to say our last chance, but don't take that too heavily. Take that quite lightly. Um, just that that drop that we have been waiting for since that eclipse. If we're going to see it, we're going to see it now. Otherwise, and I think you said this before, Claire, and I do... Oh, I have like mixed feelings because I'm looking at the astrology, but then I'm like, but Bitcoin really wants to run. Um, mm. So it's just interesting to see. I think if we if we do see a drop, it'll happen by the 29th of November, maybe the 30th. But then I think we're where are we're off and we're continuing to the upside um, until, like you said, really that next new moon. Um, which of course we'll talk about in more detail in the in the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. And again, you can always just look at this both ways. Like it's like, okay, I'm gonna be prepared now if this really is the beginning of the the bull run. And you know, what do am I prepared for that opportunity? So prepare mm -hmm. in that respect and then also be prepared. But if it drops you know am I prepared for that scenario as well and so that you are kind of covered in both and um you know the the long-term outlook for that we've sort of been given for a really long time 2024 into at least the first half first three quarters of 2025 is really positive so you you can't really make wrong moves now you can kind of go okay well I'll prepare if it's going to continue going up. And if I have a drop, then I'm going to continue to accumulate. So again, 2023 year of accumulation and being smart about that accumulation. Definitely, definitely. And I I heard it today. I said it today and I'll say it here again. Um, scared money doesn't make money. And yeah. I think that that is also a really important emotion to look at that when you are in fear which is a low vibrational emotion it won't I'm going to use the word attract but for people that don't believe in that word it's not going to make <laughs> you money because when you're in that vibration you are or that emotional state you're constantly waiting for the worst to happen you're constantly holding on to your old paradigms and your old limiting beliefs rather than stepping into power, into knowledge, into information, into making those plans and then executing them accordingly. So 
Um, again, as I mentioned earlier, we are going through a very, again, I'm going to call it the spiritual warfare. It's just a lot of mind yeah. games right now. Um, so please, please, please really get in check with your emotions, tap into them, learn about them, be aware of them and really put in some things in play where you can respond rather than react because we're humans. You're going to go through the emotions. That's absolutely normal. And I always say, thank God that we're emotional beings. I love that we get to be in this human experience and have emotions. It's just that we've got to learn in this space to manage them accordingly. Absolutely. And I think the theme of this, you know, obviously being with Gemini is really about communication and there is going to be, it has already started actually, in my opinion, is a massive influx of communication in the crypto space. I mean, we've just been through basically two years where everybody hated crypto, didn't want to talk about it. And there's just a few lone Bitcoiners and us really talking about Bitcoin and crypto. And now all of a sudden there's all of this communication coming back in. And so I would say to our listeners, just be really grounded and be really aware of what you're reading, what you're taking in and the sources that are giving it to you, whether it be about a project, whether it be um, news that's coming through and just be really diligent to check into your intuition when you're discerning this information, when you're digesting this information, because um, a a lot of it is is crap basically um in the in the bull run there is just a lot of crap that comes through and now with technology it's it's getting harder and harder to be able to tell um what is true and what's not true and so we really have to um process that and also manage your expectations as corinne was saying the alignment of your own frequency is really really important um, because I, I even had witnessed this, um, in my own life, like the last bull run. Um, and really if you're, it depends what intention you're coming into things with, if you're hoping to come into crypto with a couple of hundred dollars and be a billionaire in a few months, um, that alignment is going to attract certain things to you certain things that are promising those kind of returns and generally that they're rubbish um so you need to sort of be able to manage and align your expectations like i had a friend of mine the last bull run and she was forever sending me these different things like what do you think of this project what do you think of this and i was just like i said to her one time where do you even find these things? Like, I don't even see these things. And, you know, they're really like scammy, you know, crypto projects. And I'm just like, I, but they just don't come across my path because I'm not looking for something like that. I'm looking to build and I'm looking to build something sustainable and something moving forward, Um, you know, and that's, that's where my priority is. And so, where your attention goes, energy flows, right? And so it's important to, before we really come into that time of excess frenzied communication, that we really kind of get clear on like, what are we here for? What are we doing here? And what are our values in the space? And then we will 
attract more of um you know what aligns with our frequency and um be able to very clearly identify things that don't align with our frequency amen 100 i think the other thing to touch on is this opposition with the with the um opposing signs of gemini and sagittarius because it really does illuminate both energies and so it allows you the opportunity to identify and work with the high and the and the lower sides of each um the high and the low qualities of each of those signs so really sort of having a look at like gemini is very very detail focused whereas sagittarius is very big picture so if you combine those two then they offer you a really expansive perspective with intricate knowledge so those higher vibrations are like open-mindedness and willingness to expand your perceptions and also gratitude for those like um smaller details and those interconnected experiences so as we said gemini is very much about communication sagittarius is very much truth and knowledge so together they really form the that amazing axis of the mind and they influence how we approach and process information so um you need to yeah like questions about new ideas adaptability and perceptions will come up during this time and during this opposition so um you know gemini really analyzes details and it's very left brain rational even though it sometimes doesn't seem like that with the gemini because they're so fast like it's very high energy very frenetic energy but it's very left brain rational rationality for decision making um so it really wants to like pay attention to life's important details whereas sagittarius is sees the big picture and enjoys that bird's eye perspective and interconnecting the dots so sagittarius is much more aligned to the right side of the brain relying much more on intuition versus logic and um which is probably why you hear me talk about that all the time <laughs> um, we love you it's so great <laughs> i just realized that as i'm reading over my own notes and um you know very much focused on the deeper meaning of life but sometimes misses the details overlooks the details bypasses the details and i can vouch for that being 100% true i'm not interested in the like details um so it's like you've got to align with both of those energies so embracing the logical and the intuitive side so bringing those both together during this time is really really powerful so appreciate both the micro and the macro um and release the the sort of lower qualities the lower vibrational qualities so gemini's can be a bit divisive which we are seeing very much play out in our world so you know recognizing where we play into that can be sometimes closed-minded and overshadowing others and sagittarius can be a bit self-righteous arrogant and assuming that they know it all um so you know it's it's recognizing where you're playing in that in your own life and how that's playing out in your story so embrace the high sides 
to create this new narrative. And, you know, again, like bringing that into Bitcoin, it is releasing those, recognizing those old narratives that you have around, number one, around Bitcoin, what its purpose is and what it looks like in the world. Um, because I think the more we move into this Aquarian age, that is actually going to expand and new narratives are going to emerge um, as the world shifts and the world changes. And so we need to be open to, to that and not stuck on the old narratives and be like, well, this is what I believed Bitcoin to be when I first got into Bitcoin and when I first started understanding Bitcoin. And so that's the only way that I'm going to view it. That's going to really be painful for you over the next few years. Um, because these new things are going to expand and are going to emerge. And, um, you know, so that's, um, yeah, that's really where we're heading with that. Yeah. Um, so do you have I anything more to add in these? I just yeah. want to add to that, like, and, and mm. I think it's also been like a very reoccurring theme, and I'm going to call it the the uh, shorter time frame astrology in the sense mm. that I'm a look at like the the bigger like the nodes and the overall like energies as this bigger picture and then as like the smaller planets are moving through they're like the shorter time frame ones and yeah. I think we have been seeing this build up of like the bitcoin's natal astrology telling us that bitcoin's trying to also figure out like where it fits in the world like it's literally in adolescence right now it is it is mm. young. it's in those teen years that it's just trying to figure out its place in the world so um i i can really see that even with that energy of the sagittarius and um gemini you know of the where does it fit how are we going yeah. to accept it or reject it or how is it going to transform and how's it going to come out um in adulthood yeah absolutely and it's so exciting like that's one of the things that i just like that i really love about bitcoin is that it you know our ideas about it like i always just feel like bitcoin is actually not really it's not really made for this time like it's made for mm -hmm. the future and we don't even know what that future looks like so um, so it's very difficult for us to be able to fully understand Bitcoin through the lens of what we know now um, when it's something that really is from the future. But I also think that that's actually really cool and exciting that we get to, our understanding gets to evolve alongside sort of the evolution of Bitcoin's presence in our world. And I think that that's really cool. Yeah, you're you're right. I love that. And yeah, Bitcoin is so ahead of its time. But mm. at the same time, I, like I guess it's allowing people to awaken to a lot of information and situations yeah. because I don't think that without Bitcoin I would have ever gotten into all of this and really even having any interest in our financial and economic world and how it works. Um, you know, I would have been somewhere in the medical field. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think without Bitcoin, I definitely wouldn't be as interested in macroeconomics. Like I, if I wasn't doing this podcast and wasn't into like, wasn't in Bitcoin, I probably wouldn't watch any news. Like I just have so no interest in it, but 
you know, it's really fascinating how um, all of this ties in with macroeconomics. And I think, again, this full moon, we do sort of need to keep an eye on what's going on with the central banks. Like this is really, again, the new moon is that time of transition, that time of resistance and releasing and writing that new narrative, writing a different way of doing things. So I'm I'm going to be interested to see when we look back, when we come and do our next episode and we look back, I'm going to be definitely having a look at what happened with the central banks during that time, because there are definitely shifts happening. I mean, I think I've spoken about it a few times before, but um, you know, Russia and China have bought more gold in the last two years than ever before in history. And other central banks have also been stocking up on gold. And so, you know, what are the shifts that we're sort of seeing in the way things are done as we move towards the CBDC? What is that going to look like? How is how is that going to play out um you know so again yeah let's not ignore that 11th house of bitcoin and um central banks 100 percent, and yeah us is still the biggest owner of gold even after these huge influxes of of buying and just because i love everybody i just want to say if I were you, I would really start looking at where in the world they are already starting to put certain policies and laws around CBDCs. Start with where it is that you are, where you live, you align with the policy policies or even your, your essentially your government or your authority figures in where you live and their stance on CBDCs. And then I invite you to to shop around <laughs> mm, yeah absolutely yeah because yeah, it is an interesting thing i mean the the conversations around cbdc's are like <laughs> they flip-flop from like they're the greatest thing on earth because we'll be able to track everything to this kind of dystopian outlook and I think that we will probably like land somewhere in the middle and things will, will shift. I'm more inclined to, to see that things shift towards the direction of the dystopian control, um, you know, because, you know, they aren't, they aren't just digital money like the way that we use a credit card today or something like that. They definitely are programmable and um, they... I think they're actually surveillance more than they are money, but it will be also, it, you know, we, we do talk about and we hear spoken about a lot of the social sort of side of things with CBDCs, but I'm also interested to see how they play out systemically because from my understanding, they do have sort of a wholesale CBDC, which is, which runs through the commercial banking system, similar to how money is created now, um, that this sort of latent money is created by the Federal Reserve and then is lent out through the commercial banking system and becomes dollars um, and become, you know, is released into the system. And so the wholesale CBDC will work in that sort of way. But then they also have the retail side, which is direct from the central bank to the retailer, the retail customer. So personal 
wallets. So that in that bypasses the entire commercial banking system. So it will be interesting to see how these sorts of things play out. But I definitely think that, you know, you need to sort of have other options as well, you know, because we, we don't know how it will go. I'm hoping that it kind of runs sort of parallel and, you know, nicely and in a parallel way, but it might not. And so it's it's good to have your finger in a lot of different pies, I guess. Yeah. Yep. I think we have some really interesting times coming up. Um, so make sure that you're all getting informed. It's the perfect time to go watch the Hunger Games. <laughs> yeah, non absolutely. Non-paid uh, sponsorization there. Because the new movie's coming out. But um, you know what? I'll actually just say this. I remember there was one time where I was in this like deep meditation and I just, I was like told like, go watch Maze Runner. And I got out mm. of the meditation and I was like, I'm going to go watch Maze Runner. And then I watched it and I was like, huh, that's putting a lot of the pieces of the puzzle together that I've been thinking about lately for me. But in, I mean, obviously in a very intense way through that movie, but mm. I love the underlying themes. I was like, huh, cool, but not cool. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot of like life imitating art that we that we definitely witness in this world. But I think also, you know, we ha we have all been conditioned by these movies as well. And so I think we, you know, um, kind of like align to them. And like the CBDC conversation is a, like, is one of those things as well that I'm just like, um, like we're not, it's not a movie. Like we're living, well, we kind of are living in a movie, but oh, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, sometimes it doesn't play out in the, as dramatically as, as people expect because we're so conditioned to watching movies, but wow. um, it's more major shifts don't happen in a dramatic way. The actual big shifts that you need to worry about that really change the way we live, the way we move, the way we work, everything, they actually happen in very tiny little incremental steps that nobody really notices are happening. And I think that that's, that's really what we have to keep an eye on. We're not like um, the big market crashes and the big dramatic things like of 2008, obviously they're relevant. But actually, the the shifts in the way that we do things is actually very small and incremental, and in a way that we don't notice. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So I don't know whether we overshared in true nature of our Gemini full moon um, in in this episode, but um, yeah, I think the focus really for this full moon is is communication, and again, for people that are just brand new to the crypto space, you know, sometimes the information can be overwhelming. Um, and I would just say that just let yourself be a little overwhelmed. And just as my dad says to me, sometimes you've just got to bite off more than you can chew and then just start chewing. And, um, you know, that's the reality. And so just, yeah, be really aware um, of what is you know is being communicated um be aware that there are a lot of scams 
and um you know and also the things that we've been talking about throughout the bear market are still true and relevant and important in the bull market insofar as like looking at the fundamentals what are we here what are we here for and um you know don't keep money on exchange don't keep your tokens on and coins on exchanges like hold them anything that you're not using or trading immediately you know put that in a wallet that you hold your private keys to um because those kind of things are often forgotten in the frenzy of a, a bull run yeah most definitely and check in your with your emotions really really start putting in some practices to just manage your emotions be aware of your emotions and your thoughts yeah on that note happy full moon happy full moon peace love and bitcoin peace love and bitcoin thank you for joining us for another episode of the bitcoin zodiac podcast we hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology this podcast does not offer financial advice so please make sure you do your own research And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.